Have you noticed that for the past few years, the majority of data breaches and hacks you read about have something in common? It's employees. Hackers absolutely love exploiting vulnerable employee devices and credentials. But it doesn't have to be this way. Imagine a world where only secure devices can access your cloud applications. In this world, phish credentials are useless to hackers, and you can manage every OS, even Linux, from a single dashboard. Best of all, you can get your employees to fix their own device security issues without creating more work for IT. The good news is, you don't have to imagine this world, you could just use Collide. Collide is a device trust solution for companies with Okta and ensures that if a device isn't trusted, it can't log into your cloud apps. Visit collide.com slash unsupervised learning to watch a demo and see how it works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash unsupervised learning. For CISOs, CTOs, and cloud security architects across organizations of all sizes who are dealing with too many security products that are difficult for their IT and security teams to maintain and who need to simplify multi-cloud security for holistic visibility and end-to-end security to protect their cloud assets, Panoptica is the solution. Panoptica is the cloud native application protection platform, CNAP, solution from development to runtime to seamlessly deliver end-to-end security for multi-cloud application environments to minimize risks with comprehensive visibility and prioritization. Unlike many siloed security solutions, Panoptica's CNAP solution provides a single context platform that consolidates risks from different risk engines. Only Panoptica equips developer and security teams with the ability to make informed decisions to achieve 100% visibility and remediation guidance with a new level of precision. Now teams can confidently scale across multi-cloud environments and reduce risks across their entire cloud application stack. Learn more about Panoptica today at panoptica.app. Welcome to Unsupervised Learning, a security AI meaning-focused podcast that looks at how best to thrive as humans in a post-AI world. It combines original ideas, analysis, and mental models to bring not just the news, but why it matters and how to respond. All right, welcome to Unsupervised Learning. This is Daniel Meisler. All right, so settling into December and I've been hacking on stuff like an absolute maniac. So I'm improving the explanation of what you get when you first sign up as a UL member and also improving the member portal for where you get it. So a a buddy of mine basically was over recently and he was like, it's not super clear exactly what comes with it. Like during the pitch, uh, he said it was pretty clear after once you get in, but not during the pitch. So I changed that on the slash upgrade page and, uh, yeah. And I'm doing a bunch of work to improve the member archive as well. So that's one thing I'm working on also making progress on our main AI product, uh, which is now on a completely new stack, uh, went a different direction with a development. So it's been a setback, but it's been uh, enjoyable because this next one is definitely better. I'm still building the project that I talked about a few weeks back. It's my first Go executable project, which is taking a bit of time to get used to. Super excited about that. Wrote a new AI tool that takes any video and provides a full set of transcripts and topics. Um, And I've got an example here in the newsletter uh, from Mark Manson's convo with David Perel which was a really great episode. And basically what it does is it builds timestamps for like the most interesting parts of that video. And those turn into links when you paste them into a YouTube description. So you could just click them and click around 
And of course that increases views because people jump around and they'll see interesting topics, right? So they'll click on the timestamp associated with that topic. So if you know any YouTube creators who need this, let me know. You could just email me or reach out from the link in the newsletter. Uh, this week I did one essay. It's called Immigration and National Racial Identity is Becoming the Top Global Security Issue. Uh, yeah, not a light topic, but um, this new essay is about when culture wars create identity wars and we get predictable results in the form of authoritarianism and atrocity. I won't spend too long on this. Uh, it was just triggered off of uh, the stuff going on in Ireland. That turns out to be an immigration thing. So I'm not going to do politics here. However, you can go read it there. So starting off with security, Octogest revealed that the recent hack compromised data on all its support customers, meaning the ones who had done like a support ticket and they were interacting with the support team. It was all of them who basically got uh, compromised. At first they were like, no, it's just a few. And the 23andMe breach also expanded. They're now saying it was a significant number of files. And I think, I think a subsequent th thing has come out and just uh, double check this to make sure, but I think it was all customers now. And it was something like 56 million customers, a very large number. You, you could double or triple check that. I, I guess the number doesn't matter that much, but many millions of accounts and that are turned out to include genetic data as well. So this is why I'm actually so skeptical whenever I hear, but no so-and-so data was affected at this time or that we know or whatever. I'm always waiting for the other bodies to drop when they say that. I feel like we don't know what the actual impact is and we won't know for many months maybe. So I consider like the initial updates to be preliminary. And I don't really trust anything they say, not because they're a bad team or whatever, regardless of the company. It's more so that they're learning on, on the fly, right? And of course, their PR is trying to convince people everything's fine, right? Because they don't want to lose customers and whatever. Attract attention from regulators if that's pertinent. And so this is the same thing that happened with LastPass and countless others, right? At first they're like, no, not a big deal. Barely even scraped me. And then they're like, okay, I actually did get shot. And then they're like, okay, lost a leg. And then they're like, lost the upper torso and head and everything. So yeah, I always play a wait and see game there. So Meta and Google are calling out China for thousands of fake accounts, spreading content across multiple platforms. So Meta put out a report and it detailed the removal of like 5,000 accounts posing as Americans, which later shifted to impersonating Indian profiles to spread disinformation about the Dalai Lama. Meta has outright banned AI-generated political ads for all countries everywhere. The decision affects ads related to politics, elections, housing, employment, credit, social issues, health, pharmaceuticals, and financial services. And to be clear, this is not that they're running a detection campaign on all copy that is submitted. It's that they have AI tools available that they offer to the customers. And if they have a customer tagged as one of those types, they're not going to offer those tools. So it's their tools that this is about. Google's RetVec is 
Gmail's new tool to fight spam and malicious emails using a multilingual text vectorizer that catches tricks like homoglyphs and typos. This is pretty cool. Integration of Retvex has boosted Gmail spam detection by 38%, cut false positives by nearly 20%. And the U.S. Kearney and some commercial vessels were attacked with missiles by Houthi rebels in the Red Sea, which that's quite ballsy to just attack, attack a U.S. Navy. Uh, yeah, I, I guess they have the advantage of not being easy to find. But uh, the U.S. also downed three drones as part of the attacks. Vulnerabilities, Chrome Zero Day patched, Zyxel NAS vulnerabilities, incidents, North Texas water hit. So North Texas municipal water district systems, including phones, were disrupted by an attack. And zeroed ins breach hit about 2 million people, including Dollar Tree and Family Dollar employees. And we've got an Okta Threat Hunting Guide, part two of the Okta Threat Hunting series, is out offering advanced techniques for log auditing. And we've got a talk here about prompt injection exploits from Echo Party. And yeah, we've got the um, project here, Retvec. There was a wild panel. This thing is pretty crazy. It's a bunch of like Pentagon leaders. It's not clear how many of them were military. They weren't in uniform, but they were basically a bunch of military leaders associated with the Pentagon we're actually building a super soldier program. And, you know, you've seen a million of these panels or you've been on a million of these panels, you know, how they generally go and the banter and everything. But in this case, they're talking about upgrades to humans for lethality and speed and force and like all these different things. And it's just like five people up there, you know, you could see clearly it's their job. They know the topics and they're just like talking about modifying soldiers like in a very Jason Bourne sort of way, in a very fictional sounding way, in a very kind of like a spy movie type of way. But they're talking about the actual programs that they're actually spending money on. Um, and some of which they are, some of which is just like talking about the future. But it is so weird to see this be such a casual conversation because normally people are talking about, oh, you know, spyware and, you know, BEC compromises and, you know, ransomware does this and blah, blah, blah. And, oh, I've seen in my past, I, I did this about ransomware. And you just see this banter going back and forth, but you don't expect that to be about a casual conversation about the Pentagon making super soldiers. And of course, those super soldiers are designed to kill people. And then, and then one guy was talking about, oh, they won't even need to be physical because it'll be mental because they'll be behind a keyboard. And I'm just like, you do know you're talking about just like killing people with drones, right? <laughs> it's, it just seemed like there should have been some sort of additional seriousness to it. I, I don't know what I was expecting. And maybe it's not fair to think that way. But it seems very jarring to watch it. Technology. Sam Altman is now back as OpenAI's CEO, and things seem to be settling down. Not sure what they're going to do for season five of the Sam Altman show, but I'm sure it'll be exciting. Microsoft also snagged a board seat uh, as an observer, so that's pretty cool. 
And the analysis continues for what exactly happened, but I'm still working under the theory that it was basically A cells versus doomers. And The Verge has Altman saying Q-Star was a leak, by the way, and I've got a screenshot to that in the newsletter. And all this keeping in mind that Sam isn't like pure A cell, right? Because he's for having, you know, smart breaks and being cautious. And not everyone who thinks he should slow down is a doomer. Like they also want progress. So it's, uh, it's a little weird to use these A cell and D cell and doomer terms because very few people like fully fit into that category. You could maybe argue that Eliezer is an actual doomer because he's pretty extreme, but even he isn't f for limiting progress completely. He's just very far in the, on the right spectrum or whatever uh, direction that spectrum is. Next one here, an anonymous poll showed Google's productivity is suffering with 71% of software engineers working six hours or less a day and juggling multiple jobs, obviously some people juggling multiple jobs, without hitting a 40-hour work week. So how did Microsoft become sexy and Google has become like stodgy? I think the answer is probably Satya. The other thing hurting Google is that they're building products using a throw it at the wall and hope it becomes another Gmail strategy, rather than building a life ecosystem platform like Apple, which I've talked about before. And the black cabs in London are coming to Uber. That is a massive win for Uber. And for me as well, I remember being there and wanting to be in a black cab, but also wanting to use the Uber app. So now you can. Humans. Ireland is experiencing major riots around immigration, a stabbing by someone who seems to be originally from Algeria, although that's uh, it's early. I don't know if that was ever confirmed. Spawned the riots. And it, I mean, that definitely was the reason for the riots, whether or not it was true or not. That's separate. And far-right groups in the country are calling for civil war. Conor McGregor is actually in the fray as well, making a number of anti-immigration statements and calling for change to immigration policy. And some are actually calling for him to run for office, which is... At first, you're like surprised, and then you're like, no, I'm not surprised. It's... You know, famous people often do well in politics because it's all about visibility at first. U.S. economy showed 5.2% annualized increase in GDP, surpassing both the initial estimate of 4.9 and economists' revised predictions. And just wait until all this gets powered by AI as well, right? AI creation, AI-powered creation starts kicking in and accelerates that even more. Although predicting AI-based GDP changes is actually super difficult and not just because it's about the future. <laughs> yeah, prediction is difficult, especially when it's about the future. Um, the, the issue with AI-based prediction is it both gives and takes away, right? It's going to make everyone more productive, but also remove jobs. So many companies will go under because they're replaced by AI offerings, but there will also be a ton of new AI-based startups as well. So how does one net all that out? Nobody knows. The guess is we end up with way more productivity. This is my guess. But if a massive portion of the population loses their jobs, who exactly is buying all the new stuff? Right? We're saying that there's going to be a massive productivity boom. Well, I'm saying that. 
And that's definitely true. But doesn't someone need to be the customer? So will it just be like the top 25% of the country buying stuff made by the other top 25% of the country? And then the remaining like 75% or 80% or 50%, whatever it is, are just like, don't have a job, don't have income. And now what? Now you're talking about UBI. So I, I think it's really hard to predict this because it's like productivity is great, but you still have to have customers. Bitcoin just passed 40,000, which is the highest it's been since April of last year. And people are now asking, is crypto back? I've yet to see a solid use case for crypto that isn't Bitcoin, which is essentially alternate wealth storage or like NFT slash get rich schemes. So I, I was really optimistic about Ethereum having all these apps built on it. And uh, maybe I still am for the future. I just don't feel like this generation has it. And I feel like the new hype that's springing up, it's still young men trying to get rich uh, for, for a large part. I don't know how much of it is, but I, I'm guessing it's 60 to 80 to 90%. That's what the hype comes from is get rich schemes. And then of course, Bitcoin does have a value or appears to have a value as a wealth storage system, an alternate wealth storage system. It's like outside of the government. And a lot of this hype is also because some major institutions are thinking about turning or creating some ETFs that are based on crypto. And that would pump up the whole scene as well. So interesting to watch, but uh, I'm not getting in again. Um, I, I made a lot and got burned a lot. And uh, I just, I, I'm not messing with it. And Saudi Arabia's Crown Prince is reportedly driving a secret initiative to spike global oil demand, which would undermine climate action efforts. So this report is basically saying that while he's trying to do all this green stuff, he's also trying to keep oil, you know, as a big thing, obviously. <laughs> I mean, they, they make oil, uh, right? And they know that's going to decline over the decades, but they would like it to decline slower than faster. I mean, th this should be so obvious. Ozempic's rise is reshaping spending habits. This is really fascinating to me and could actually boost the economy. GLP-1 drugs like Ozempic are leading to less spending on food, but more on lifestyle and fitness. Something to truly watch closely, in my opinion, because what happens when you're not spending as much, uh, wasting as much on healthcare? I mean, we're wasting billions of dollars because people are fat and sick and don't exercise. So what happens if they're less fat and less sick and they exercise more? What kind of activities do they start doing instead? Um, to, it, similar to the AI thing, like what gets removed in terms of the economy, but what gets added on and how do those compare? Right. It's going to be really interesting to watch. Extraordinary housing costs are forcing divorced couples to remain living together because they can't afford separate homes. This reminds me of bad job markets where people aren't leaving a company because they just can't. And then when the company or the economy improves, not the company, the economy improves, you have a whole bunch of people just like up and resign because they've wanted to for a long time. So how many people are in their relationships now because not, not because they want to be in it, but just because they don't have the option to leave. 
China is building nuclear reactors faster than anyone. Also missiles, ships, pretty much everything else as well, including infrastructure. They're just winning at preparing for the future. And all we do here in the U.S. is like fight while they prepare for a post-U.S. dominated world. Really upsetting to me as someone who thinks a lot about security and thinks a lot about the future and thinks a lot about uh, mostly security. I mean, uh, being ex-military, it's just a thing that doesn't leave my mind. Although I'm sure lots of people, military people don't care about China or this whole thing. But anyway, it, it's always on my mind. And uh, it's really sad to know that their airports are so awesome and their trains are so awesome and their infrastructure is awesome. And they're building all these nuclear plants because they know it's the right answer. They're building all this solar. They're building all this stuff. And we can't build anything. We're like stuck. We're frozen because everything is a political issue. We're not internally synchronized. Whereas everyone in China is for China, right? And everyone in the U.S. is not for the U.S. And it's becoming a serious problem. And it, more than anything, is likely to be what undoes things if, if that were to happen. Notes, a bit of vulnerability here. I've been slacking on my workout exercise routine. Good amount of table tennis, not enough walking though, not enough weights. It's a little bit on purpose because I tell myself I like to relax a little bit on, you know, for December. Um, that's, that's been a traditional thing I've done, but really shouldn't be relaxing on this. Um, still eating well and getting tons done and I'm maintaining my weight loss, but my energy levels would be even higher if I were on plan on routine. So message to me, do better. Discovery, Autogen's teachable agents like Autogen, but it's also for Microsoft. Um, so it, it is also for Microsoft. It's related to Autogen, which is Microsoft project. But you, as you talk to this agent, it learns your responses and stores them in context for future conversations. Metatron's new open source LLMs are trained on a vast medical corpus and outperform other models in medical tasks. Reaction to replace fail to man, a new tool called Reaction aims to offer more efficient alternative to, to fail to man by Zivello. Yabai, a Mac OS utility that turns your desktop into a tiling window manager by Kokeshia. Say this, not that, as a chart. Handy reference for anyone looking to polish their professional communication. So I'm going to click on this thing and read a couple. So, <clears throat> thanks for your patience is better than sorry for the delay. I'll find out is better than I don't know. Let's brainstorm ideas to improve our workflow rather than saying our process is a mess. Nice catch. I updated it. Thanks for letting me know. As opposed to my bad, I totally missed that. I don't know. I don't know. Some of these, I'm kind of like, uh, I'm more in the camp of radical honesty here. I don't know. I, I like a lot of these, and some of these are not my favorite. All right. Smart goals template. Ditch those vague aspirations. This template guides you to get specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. Digital car keys are finally catching on. AI and the rise of mediocrity. Uh, got a guy here who created documentation for everything in his house. Although he did it way too old school, in my opinion. I would rather do this with an LLM where you just throw in all the PDFs and ask questions. The great de-shitification. D&D is definitely back. Adobe bought Figma and people aren't happy. 
Legofy yourself, why life doesn't really exist, and a negative review of our UL Book Club of the Month, which is determined. And uh, I pretty much completely disagree with this review, but it was comprehensive at least. It's useful to me to see how people get it wrong. And of course, that's from my perspective. Um, that's me thinking they're wrong. Maybe they're right. And the recommendation of the week, if January is the time we think about the upcoming year, let December be your time to reach out to old friends. Got a text here you can use for people you haven't talked to in a while, but that you wish you had. Hey there, just saying hi. We never chat and that's on me for not reaching out. I love you and I hope you're well. And I vow to send more texts like this until we're annoyed or excited enough to get on the phone. So copy that, spend like 10 minutes going through your contact list and sending it to a few dozen people who you care about and have lost contact with. Some portion of those people could really benefit from hearing you right now. And they're just a text away. And the aphorism of the week, the only way to have a friend is to be one. The only way to have a friend is to be one. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a Neumann U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com newsletter. We'll see you next time.